you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brace's Network. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. It's your boy Tony with another episode of Off the Grid Podcast. And y'all, I've been off the mic for a little while. It's been well over a week since I sat down and did a show. But, you know, last week we had a wedding, we had travel, had a lot going on. We had to prep for that thing. We had to, you know, get everybody adjusted, situated, how we want to be. We get back here, you know, we got to unwind and recover, recuperate, reload. But we're back. And now you're getting the first recording or the first piece of content that's going up on the Dr. Racing Network and the Off The Grid Podcast. You can find this. On most podcast readers that include Apple Podcasts, Stitch Radio, Google Play, Spotify, um, just about any podcast reader out there, you just put this thing on there. You just search Dr. Bracer Network, sign us, sign up for us there, listen to us, give us a play, give us some love. And um, we would definitely, you know, appreciate everything that y'all have to give us. And, um, you know, there's many ways you can support us other than just listening. You can do so by sharing this podcast, you know, through your social network, or maybe you got a friend or something that you want to, you know, just tell, like, hey, you should check this podcast out. Um, you can go to, you can go to the, um, you go to the page, we have a store there, you can search stuff for the store, you can do it that way, you know, we, we wouldn't mind. Um... Try to get my wits back together, y'all. Sorry. You can go go, go to our uh, go to our email or go to your email, you know, server or, or whoever you have, and you can send an email to offthegrid at drbraces.com. We will play it here on the show, or we read it here on the show, and we play voicemails, and you will submit those voicemails to six zero one eight eight four zero one two five. And also, if you want to help us out financially, you can go to patreon.com slash drbraces for a little as a dollar a month. You can join the crew, and if you do $3 or more, we'll shout you out each and every show that we post on this network that where we record, and that will be to the folks like Teddy Funk, MJ, and my brother Trail. And if you do $10 or more, you become a member of the exclusive club, the next level, and then you get like little things in your inbox. You get little surprises in the Patreon page. Little special shows, you know, merchandise, things of that sort. Things of that sort. And, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody coming through and do those things. Uh, before I get up out of here, and before we take this first break, I would like to tell everybody first, you go to drbraces.com and you scroll down um, about midway through the page. I want to say it's before the, the, the post or maybe at the very bottom. You can submit your favorite antagonists, TV villains, movie villains, comic book villains, any kind of villain that there is out there, an antagonist, your favorite ones. We're going to compile a list of the hundred most vile and most evil and sinister people that there are out there. We're going to redo this thing. Um, we'll get more points for ones that have lasted for a little while. So they're old, but yet we ain't heard from them in a minute. It might not count, but those that have lasted have lasted the test of time will probably get a little bit more favor in there. But we we want to do our our one hundred um, antag- top antagonists. We haven't done that in a while. It's been it's probably been some years since we did that. Um, so we have that, and if you go to the thirsty thirsty page, you can go and select the top. Five ladies for this coming Thirsty Thirsty 100. And we would definitely appreciate if you go by and do that. You know, you get some love from doing that. And we thank you very much for those of you who come through and do things like that. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to take a break real quick. And then I'm going to come back with the entertainment portion of this year's show. You're a hard man to get a hold of. I was expecting a couple days ago. My sincerest apologies. The market's been on a roller coaster. I made an offer on the trucking company. We discussed using funds from the Turks and Caicos accounts. Unfortunately, that won't be possible. There's an ongoing fraud investigation. It won't affect you, but 
It could be a few months before I safely can access those accounts. Dieter, is there a problem with my money? No, no. Those orders won't affect you, but they will tie up those funds temporarily. I'm purchasing this trucking company, and I can't hand them bags of cash. The sale must be legitimate. I need this trucking company to continue to grow the NOLA operation. I will move some assets around. That should give you what you need without raising any red flags. Let me know when it's done. Of course. You want me to get on a plane? Not yet. Let's wait and see. Alright, let's start with our entertainment. Uh, let's start from the newest thing. Let's go to something that's a little bit more classic over here. So we're going to start out with this new show on OWN called Ambitions. And it is a show about some black people in the good old ATL. The synopsis here says, Atlanta newcomers Titus and Amara contend with issues from their past as they are thrust into a new world of deception, betrayal, and intrigue. And Stephanie takes her relationship with Evan to the plank. Because I didn't read all that shit. Benny Boom is the director. You got um, in this thing, in the main cast, you got Robin Givens, Brian White, Kendra Cross, uh, Braley Evans, uh, Erica Page, and uh, Essence Atkins. Those are your... Those are pretty much some of your, your, your main players. So, um... The um, Amar and Titus, that's um, Essence and Kendrick Cross. So they are, they've just moved to Atlanta. Uh, Titus is a lawyer representing a um, an opioid firm who um, hired him to defend them in the case that they're about to go through in their legal system. Um, Robin Givens is Stephanie and she's married to uh, Evan. So, Stephanie Carlisle and Evelyn Lancaster. Evan is the mayor of Atlanta. Stephanie is, um, she's pretty much the the number two in her dad's company. Um, trying to power, make a power play to become the, the top dog. Her dad is uh, Steven. There you go, Steven. Why you name your daughter after you and find a good good old name there? But uh, Steven is trying to trying to uh, keep his daughter from making a play, but you know she's trying to work on up in the company. Uh, Evan, Evan being the mayor, his sister Rondell has his shop downtown. And just this bakery downtown, you know, she's trying to protect the community and and that shopping area, that business area there. And there is this um, real estate developer who's trying to take her land there. So there's that. Uh, let's see, what we got there. So this all comes to play with um, Evan. Not Evan. Oh. Backstory on everything. Titus and Stephanie used to date when they were in college. Uh, Stephanie and uh, Amara in the same sorority. Stephanie pledged essence. Based, I mean, Stephanie pledged art Amara based on their storyline, brought her into the organization. And then um, Amara married Titus. And then, of course, Stephanie moved on with Evan. And we got. That little thing brewing with um, Evan and Titus, kind of, not Evan and Titus, Stephanie and Titus kind of, kind of got a little some, some going there. And later on, we find out though, at the, by the end of the show, we find out that uh, oh, Bella True, I thought she was black. Oh, that's fucked up. But uh, <laughs> we find out good old. Evan Lancaster, the mayor, is having an affair with Bella True, who is the woman who designed his wife's dress for this banquet that they were going to because they were raising this money for this foundation to fight the opioids. You know, the opioid crisis. Way to bring that in there. And then, um, for, you know, for shits and giggles, we got Brian Bosworth in here who has the, the leader of the company just being sued. You no, know, we him playing in like a little uh, a aloof fucking uh, businessman. You know, he running two for two right now. He also was in uh, What Men Want. He played that same same type of character, but he's Hunter Prefoy, and um, like I said, he's running his company. 
and he shows up at this banquet, man, and he brought this chick because they raised five hundred thousand dollars towards this cure uh, or towards this this you know this cause. And he pops up and is like, "Hey, I got another five hundred thousand dollar chick to bring y'all and her, y'all um, y'all night to a million. And the way he talked to Titus is like, you know, no cracker like me ain't got a chance in this in the city like Atlanta, you know. But a brother like you, mm, 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 you can make it. You can make waves in this thing. <laughs> but uh, good old Brian Bosworth, man, doubling down on that jump. Mm. See, oh, then there's this weird scene where this white girl and this young black girl was in the bathroom, and she was like, "Some the white girl said something about be true to yourself," and <laughs> the girl was like, "What?" And she took a phone, was like, "Here's my phone," and we decided to be true to yourself, and then she pulled her close and licked her lips. Like, oh my god. Now, okay, I thought she was about to kiss her. Like, tongue kiss her down. But, because it was in slow motion, the tongue came out. And then she just took her tongue and lipped her bottom lip to her top lip. And I was like, who the fuck does that? But that is, um, that's ambition. That was the first episode of Loves and Friends. We get another episode, and it comes every Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night on own. So, you get that every Tuesday night. Um, next one is Woman to Woman. Mm, mm, mm. Woman to Woman with all this stuff going on, never good. Uh, the only other thing that I had about this show was um, Robin Givens, y'all. Uh, she's been landing some TV roles. She was, I don't know if she's still in Riverdale, but I know she's in the first season of Riverdale. She's the mayor in Riverdale. Um, she's one, she's Joseph's mom. She is uh, the fake OJ dude on the fix. <laughs> I feel I found out that was uh that show was was executive produced by uh, Marshall Clark and and then I was just like oh yeah that all those OJ feels that I had were justified. Mm, but she plays the ex-wife in that junk, so she's ex-wife in that thing, and now she's hearing this. And to see her playing opposite Brian White is like weird. I mean I know black don't crack and you want to keep people young, but we did see Robert Gibbons play opposite Eddie Murphy like years ago, and now here she y'all, here she is playing opposite and a, a you know love interest of Brian White. Not trying to have no ages, and I'm just saying, I guess that's what y'all want to do. And then you try to age this nigga up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like even in um. Even that that weird show that my, that my, that my, uh, monogamy show I was watching, they did try to age him and other other cat. They age, try to age them up, make them look a little bit more mature. They didn't do. I mean, he looking just he looking almost the same as he did on fucking Stump the Yard, dog. <laughs> oh man, he just Stump the Yard drumline crossover. Really need that. Really do need that. But they missed the opportunity. All right, that was ambitions. Check that out. These nights on on. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry, people. Sorry, I'm doing this a little later than I normally do it. But um, the other other movie I watched, we watched was uh, well, me and my son I took him to the movies on for the Tuesday five dollar movie was Men in Black International. Um, it's uh, Tessa Thompson, it's uh, Chris Hemsworth, and they're bring, you know bring back the Men in Black series. We got aliens all over the world, so we also have men in black um, depots all over the world. So we get to go somewhere other than New York, as we've done for the first three movies. So we get to see what other parts of the world we can use to bring these aliens on board and and talk about you know the aliens and what they can do. And um, another pretty decent, you know, showing telling of the story. I mean, I guess you want to keep doing this. This is something I want to see with a lot of stuff. I mean, not a lot of stuff. A lot of other um, properties out there, like what's going on. Like, I know they only got certain books that they wrote for The Walking Dead. But they really wanted to. Man, we can do Walking Dead in other countries. Like, we've only saw the South. If there's a zombie epidemic all over the earth, they can do it everywhere. But, you know, so we got, we go other places. And like I said, we did more locations in this one movie than they've done, I want to say, in all of the Men in Blacks that they've done. I mean, I think there was one where they went out in the desert. 
in one in the first one. I think they were out in the desert, but for the most part, the the story was centered around New York. This story centered around um, it's centered around London, Paris. Uh, they went. I want to say this is India, but it could have been Africa. I have to go look at my country. So whatever. Uh, the the people looked Middle Eastern. So there you go. And then, and then they don't say they went to Italy. They mentioned it. It was something they mentioned at the end. But then there's a couple jokes in there. You know, got the Thor joke, of course, where Hemsworth picked up a hammer. <laughs> a couple callbacks to, to other little things there. But it's pretty good. All in all, pretty good little time there. Uh, so the many, many black have always protected the earth from the scum of the universe. Um, this individual, they tackled the beast of the day. Three. Today, a mole in the mini black organization. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they fighting off evil aliens all across the world. You know, they got some living right here on Earth. Um, um, I say get three out of three out of five stars. Yeah, not that five stars. Um, Marvel's Agents of Shield. We pick up with this story where we're starting to move along and find out what's going on in space. You got. Um, Daisy, we got uh, Piper and Davis, we got um, Gemma, and you know they've been picked up by the Chronicons, and basically tell the whole plot is that look, they were been destroyed, they've hijacked these ships. Um, they want to know how did the agents travel in time, and um, they said well, it was something that was built in the future, and we don't have the brain power, but and I want to say it was. Enoch, who suggested that if anybody could do it, it would be Fitz. You know, Fitz would be the one that could do it. And then he basically said, hey, look, you want him to, to motivate him to do it. The best way to do it is to threaten Gemma. And that's what they did. They released everybody else and they threatened Gemma. Back on Earth, May has been captured by Sarge. And he basically started giving her the rundown of what's going on with these, uh, with these little parasitic things here so they come to the earth they um infect infect uh, they basically infect people that are out of place or maybe they're out of place themselves when they come here uh from other dimensions and they come through and then they come to destroy the earth so he introduced May to what they are she killed the dude um but then she also fought and got herself free from them because that's what May does you know they were sitting there having a little talky talk and not understanding that May is about that life. Uh, I kind of forgot that the other two dudes that got captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. in the other episodes, but they still kind of like stuck. Also, S.H.I.E.L.D. AQ. My dude, man. What's that cat's name? Uh, <laughs> Dr. Benson. Dr. Benson is trying to figure out what's going on, man. He he is fiending for a alcoholic fix, dog. He is really needing one. And, um, and Mac ain't letting him have it. He ain't letting him have no time off. He's like, nah, you good. You don't need no fix. Uh, apparently, Yo-Yo been spying on this dude and, and snitching on everybody. I mean, snitching, ratting him out. And you know she's probably doing it while she's running in running out. Like, yeah, he ain't drinking again. Um, but Yo-Yo still feeling some type of way for her having to kill old dude. That, you know, she feeling that she feel all lovely devilly with. And, you know, she's gone. And she has no sympathy for everybody else. But Yo-Yo started putting the fact to get put it together that those things represent the, something similar to the monolith. Now I, I don't know. Maybe they're gonna get to showing what that other monolith does because from what we've seen for the two monoliths that we've seen, the white one and the black one, they basically turn into liquid. So if even they show the other one kind of turn like that little spiky shit, then okay, whatever. But from what we've seen and what he mentioned. I didn't see how I would pick it up like, oh yeah, these monoliths. But, you know, they know more than we do. And, um, right before we get to the end, fucking, uh, Daisy and them show back up. Not understanding what the, the depression issues is on Earth. So, that's about to be a pretty good, a pretty good go around with Daisy and, um, Daisy and the crew coming back. Especially with Daisy coming back and finding out who Sarge looks like. Yep, that's about to be whew, a whole thing. And then we're about to catch up with um, Fitz and Simmons. 
um, trying to get back together, keep getting forced apart, and um, playing with their minds just a little bit. You know, because that's what we got to do. Got to play their minds just a little bit. That's all I have on the entertainment edge. I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back with some urban literature for y'all, because y'all ain't had nothing in a while. So that's what I do. disoriented and naked. Last thing I remember was driving Kiana home. That's when I realized I was in her bed at her house. No, this can't be happening. What time is it? Shit, it's 9 fucking 30. Casey is going to kill me. I tried to sit up, but when I did, I felt like I was about to throw up. I got out of Key's bed and made my way to her bathroom. It's a good thing I did because I barely made it in time. I didn't know what end it was going to come out of. So I sat down in time but didn't catch the trash can. It was coming out of both ends and honestly I thought I was going to die. Just as I was about to call Casey, she called me. Hello? I answered like I was on my deathbed. Are you here? She asked me. I had to answer her honestly, so I did. No, I just woke up, and I've been in the bathroom shitting and throwing up. I'm going to try... uh, And then she hung up in my face. I knew then my marriage was fucked up. And I had no one to blame but myself. I handled my business in the bathroom and came out feeling ten times better. I went to her walk-in closet to find me an outfit for today. She had a whole wardrobe in her house for me. And at a time like this, I really appreciate it. I went to find some boxes and socks when in a shiny package when a shiny package caught my eye. It was a magnum wrapper, and for the life of me, I couldn't remember if we fucked or not. Not only that, I couldn't remember anything after she, after her ass was after I asked her ass for something to drink. I wasn't that fucked up to where I can't remember. That's when it hit me, like I ran into a brick wall. That scandalous bitch drugged me. You raggedy bitch. It was the only thing I could think of at that time. I looked around her house, but she was gone. As I finished getting dressed, I saw a note she left. Jaden, I had to work a half day, but I will be available for lunch today. I will text you later with the time and place. And if you threw up on my floor, please be a sweetie and clean it up. Love you, boo. Keep. Alright everybody, so I'm back and 
and, and because one, it speaks so much to to my nature of a couple of years ago, though know, some three, four, five years ago when I was working in retail. Like I, used, I was always mad. Like even when I was celebrating with people and doing what I consider a nice thing, I was fucking mad. Why? Because I hated the job. I hated the shit I had to do. I hated some of the people I worked around. You know, just in general, I was just a hateful situation. But I try not to be as angry so much these days because there's a lot of stuff for me to celebrate. So, you know, but every now and then something happens that kind of ticks me out. And I've been in sort of a mood these, you know, last two, three days. And it's mainly because I'm sitting here because I sit here on some days and I watch um, I watch Hulu because my brother left it logged in on my Xbox. But I was watching Hulu and I was watching um, I was watching Runaways trying to catch up. And every now and then an ad will pop up. And you know, I noticed how Hulu is working targeted ads because one of the ads was for um, the can one of the candidates running for governor in the state of Mississippi. And he's putting a license plate on the truck and he's like, the liberals in California want us are mad because of this little phrase on our tag and God we trust and, and they want to get rid of it. And the next governor in Mississippi, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I watched that and then I saw it again and then it just really made me mad because, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm one to choose a part, one party or the other or one agenda or the other but my thing about it is this when you not you Mississippi Republicans and Republicans in general have basically just cornered the market on this conservative this conservative movement to where they just blatantly do shit that you look at and like hmm I don't see how anybody can come over to their side when this is your stance on other shit that do that but whatever like you gotta be protect this country protect this protect that and the other and me I, I made the logical leap to say I remember when those protections were protecting the protecting well not protecting protecting the state from outside influences to stop you know the outside influences that were trying to ban slavery then it was the outside influences that banned Jim Crow it was outside influences that were coming in to stop white people from lynching black people. You know, whenever I see that, and that is the, the that is the the template that Mississippi runs by, it just infuriates me because I sit here and I look at it and like these motherfuckers keep winning elections in the state of Mississippi, running on this shit, and then talk the other side out their mouth when they do stuff. So. You, this man is running the campaign simply on the design that he's going to protect Mississippi from outside influences. Now, the reason why I'm mad about this shit, because it was just reported not long before I saw that ad, that third graders across the state of Mississippi had to retake a reading exam at the end of the school year because they didn't pass the requirement that would allow them to go to the fourth grade and it was somewhere either similar or more than what happened the previous year and they passed some passed but there were still a few that failed the second test and had to take it again in the summer which they haven't taken it yet and i'm sitting here thinking you're running for governor in a state with third grade kids are having to retake a reading exam an exam that says they can read so that they can go to the fourth fucking grade not to graduate high school fourth grade and you're running on protecting the state from outside influences maybe you need to seek some of these outside influences so they can come in and help our kids learn how to read because it's obvious that the people that in here ain't doing a good job. I'm not sitting there shitting on teachers. Please, I'm not shitting on teachers because I, I'm about to get on that point too. So so maybe we need to get some of these alpha influence to help with the resources that we have here to teach our kids to read. Now, with all that being said, you know, we also had a situation where they put in for a raise for the teachers and it came out that 
Well, it was reported they thought they didn't have the money to pay the teachers. Then they said it was a glitch in the system. But I don't even remember what the final result was, whether the teachers were going to get the raise or not. You know, and I'm just saying, in a state, again, where you have situations like this, you're running on protecting the state from outside influences. That is your platform. That is your that is your call. You are bashing people who don't really have any kind of impact on what goes on in the state day to day, but could if you work with other people, but you don't want to work with anybody else because you want everybody else to leave you the fuck alone. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When your house is burning the fuck down and you adopt the policy of I don't want nobody to help me, when your house burns to the ground, that fucking just burns. Don't come to me to ask you to give you any clothes. Don't come to me to ask me to you know to give you a place to sleep. No, you don't want anybody to come fucking bother you. And that's how Mississippi is. Like Mississippi is a burning fucking house. And not saying the state is going going to hell in the handbasket, but there's a lot of shit that's in this state that could be fucking improved if it didn't have this whole pers- the, the government and the officials in the state didn't have this whole persona of we're just going to take care of the shit inside. We don't have the resources inside the state. And I'm not saying compared to the states that do, do that they do, but there are some states that do a little bit better than Mississippi does. And Mississippi could be doing better. So that, that that part just really just frustrates me. And then it takes me all the way back to Cindy Hyde, whoever the hell that woman was, who won that damn runoff, that special election and that runoff, simply off the strength of her homeboy Trump. Fast forward to now, I saw another ad from Tate Reeves where he says he's staying with Donald Trump. And, you know, I know some people say, well, you know, that's important. If you, you know, you align yourself with the city president, then of course you can win an election. But at the same time, I'm not mad at him for running the campaign as much as I would like for people who are supposedly a part of this government process as far as electing these people to use a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of of thought process and when they decide who they're going to choose because if all you got for me is I stand with Trump and I'm like well education fucked up uh I know y'all just y'all complaining about and I say y'all I'm talking about Mississippi Republicans complaining about people leaving the state and their population continually decreasing and what can you do to stop that bleeding um people not getting paid a lot of money a lot of poor people in this state uh, people living for the, below the poverty line we got a whole region of the state where people are very poor very very poor um, rural hospitals are closing you know so you have a situation where you have people who live in these rural areas who have to go a long way to the metro area who don't have local hospitals you have all, you have all kinds of shit like that yada 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 so on so on so on so forth but you're running on I stand with Trump now, some of these things I mentioned, Mike Espy had his whole campaign around solving. He brought those things to the forefront. But what became the, 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 the mainstay about this whole thing, and you know what's so fucking funny? You know what's so fucking funny? I know that woman said that shit, but it became the fucking... It became the the it became the the main part of the story of this election was she said that about attending a public hand. And still nobody asked her what's she running on, what are her policies, what does she plan to do when she take this office, what is she fighting for, how she plan on helping Mississippi. All of these motherfuckers who are running for these offices, especially and specifically these Mississippi Republicans, they're all running on we don't plan on changing shit. I mean, that is the that is the the very essence of what being a conservative is. I don't want to change shit. And it's crazy because even in um even in that, you either saying you want to revert back to some old shit that again, Sippy never has been a great state in this union. It's never has been. So there's nothing you can revert back to. To where Mississippi was just this awesome state. Because it really, it never was. You know, there was a couple of cities in the state that were. But unless you plan on bringing people back into those cities. Like Meridian used to be a blossoming city. Nobody wants to live in Meridian anymore. 
Jackson is still a large metro area, but it's not what it was years ago. And I'm not sitting there putting all this on the white people that left. But when they did leave, nobody gave a fuck about the people that were still there. You know, I live in an apartment in Mississippi that is, is growing, but it's not growing because of anything that Mississippi doing. It's growing because it's attached to Memphis. That's it. I live in the Memphis metro area. This area is growing. It just so happened to be on the state line with Memphis, Tennessee. And Memphis is, and the crazy thing about it is, Memphis, it can be for tea. But you got all the people that don't want to really be affiliated with that shit standing on the Mississippi side and taking advantage of what Memphis has to offer. Because if you remove Memphis from here, there's nothing on the Mississippi side. Nothing. There's no reason for any of this shit to be here. Um, so so that that part, man, it's just seeing that going on and then just seeing these motherfuckers continually win these elections and they don't do shit. Phil Bryant, I don't know nothing he did. I don't know anything he did for the state of Mississippi that's gonna be glaring that improved the state, you know, from where it was to where it is where it was before he came in to where he's going out. Now a bunch of Republicans are gonna name a bunch of random shit that don't mean nothing to the grand scheme of things. It just helped a few people out who already had money. But, you know, he's one of the people that, shit, signed the fucking heart, that damn abortion bill. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck did they do for people? I mean, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If something's not overtly immoral, illegal, just downright evil, if there's a market for it in a free market economy, why not just let this shit prosper? You know what I'm saying? Like you sit here, you talk about capitalism being the greatest thing ever and not want to be participate in socialism, but yet you can continually kill things that are fucking legal in this country. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no there's no law outlaw on abortion. So the best thing that you could do is just kind of capitalize on it and, you know, put it into a free market company, let people have jobs, you know, let people work and do what they got to do, let the clinics do what they need to do, help people out. But nope, fuck it. We'll take it away and put people where we want them to be. Oh, damn. Isn't that similar to socialism? Let's need to hear there. Now, this anger, this little disdain that I have now goes directly to my next subject the other day I was walking I was walking neighborhood because I walk my neighborhood from time to time and um, I noticed that my neighbor has a banner or a flag or it's not a flag it's like a little artwork and this is um, keep America great now I already knew this. I mean, he had the little flag that says we support our police and, and, and fire and EMS, which it was really there because it supports the police, but he didn't want to go all out. You don't have a make America great, you know, whatever, but it says keep America great. And I just looked at it and I was just like, anybody that say shit like that or believe shit like that, they don't understand that some of the stuff could be better. But the reason why they never admit that because they do they understand that some of the things that will make everything better are the very things they don't want. You know what I'm saying? Like making the country a better place includes um, the the inclusion of everybody, regardless of how they look. Preferences as far as sexuality, their sexual orientation, <laughs> you know, just all this other stuff, religion everything but you know if you include them and everything and don't and don't, don't discriminate get them and get them a fair shake and everything so when those people can contribute to the grand scheme of whatever makes this country what it is make it better but no you don't want that mm -mm. keep america great means keep america white keep the white man happy basically as long as the white man is happy man, man we can roll with this shit so you know, and I know y'all know this. I know y'all know this. Um, another thing, this is probably my last little thought that I'm going to rant on because I want to try to end on a high note. So last week, a young man was shot in Memphis. 
young man by the name of Brandon, um, who shot by the U.S. Marshals um, because they were. I, I'm not gonna go into whatever happened. You can if you listen and you go look up what happened. Because this this whole process and this thought of where I am has nothing to do with why he was shot, but the ramifications of everything that happened after him being killed by the by the marshals and and, every, and everything that's happened. Um, first thing, the people of the, of the community of Fraser, man, they responded the way they responded, and they shouldn't be judged for that about how people respond hey, why are you riding him listen man one thing I do understand is that is a direct that re- that response is a direct reflection of the way that people are policed in that community and the way law enforcement works in that community it is it, it, it is what it is because if police come down in a community where people don't have to deal with them you know, harassing coming through there and just being total dicks all the time. And they come through a community like that and they, you know, do they do what they do to somebody who they felt like was guilty or they were trying to catch somebody. The people in the community usually don't respond in a in a in like in an uproar. Unless they have some kind of personal uh feel you know, personal feeling about police department. You know. There's still some white people to feel some type of way about police department, but that's, you know, it's not always the case. So, it's going to be a direct reflection of how the people, and, and that never gets stated. Like, it is a reflection of how people are policing their community and how they respond to these type of things. And, like, uh, black people often get caught up in this thing and say, well, you know, policing your neighborhoods because y'all don't know how to act. No. Now, sometimes these things isn't a, a case by case. Sometimes the the situation is what it is. The police in the community treat people like shit. So, yeah, it it kind of breeds what happens in the community. You know, not just the police, just the way the, the city and the the city treats a particular area. Like, not maybe a couple of weeks before this all happened, maybe a month before this all happened. It was also reported that the community of Fraser received a government um, grant and received a grant from the government millions of dollars, millions of dollars to improve two parks in Fraser. Improve the two parks, um, basically go in and like uh, redo landscaping, like fix you know some things because some of the land was getting flooded. You know, buildings were going run down. The park was just looking, both parts looking just real fucked up. And the people in the community were just like, when is this supposed to happen? And, you know, representatives from the city were just like, well, it's going to take a while for us to do it. We can't just jump up and do it. Like, we got the money, but we can't just go in and do it right now. We got to do this. And, you know, and you got to ask yourself, if we went part of the city, were to just it wasn't something that was run down, but maybe the government decided to come in, or maybe somebody decided to put an invest in a little bit of community improvement. Would it take that long? Would we take that long to do it? We wouldn't. Oh, okay. You know, so I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure this out. So you know, again, it is it's a direct response to the way this community is treated by those in power nothing Memphis released a Memphis 3.0 plan for the city how they hold reading this too there are people who are suing the developers because it's basically heavily gentrifying the city and it's overlooking some parts of the city where a lot of people who need access to certain resources are not going to get attention Again, if I live in those communities and you come in here and do your dirt and leave, I'm going to feel some type of way when you come in here and conduct your business. Point blank, period. I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to do what the people of Frazier did, where they where they responded, what they did, but I'm still going to feel some type of way. And, you know, and I'm not. See, my thing is, I don't try to advocate on one side or the other. 
I'm not trying to advocate that that kid, that kid did wrong. He got what he deserved. I'm not advocating from the side of where he did nothing wrong and they shouldn't have did him that way. All I'm saying is this. That kid was shot multiple times from the reports that they were given. The other thing, too, when these reports are given, these reports are going to be given, given via communication and public relations people. Let me tell you something. When it comes to the people versus the state, the state has public relations people. They play very well to to craft documents and speak and give the correct terminology and the, 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 the correct statements to the media and to the public about what happened so that it doesn't make their people their, um, that they're representing look bad. The community doesn't have that. Like, there's no community public relations person who's supposed to go out and speak for the community, collect all these statements of what happened in the community and make sure they represent the community in the most positive manner. So you got one side representing themselves in a positive manner never put in a negative and the other side not having anybody. You're always going to get a skewed view. People say it's spin. It's not spin. Spin is taking... Spin is when you got two sides to an argument and one side taking to make sure they look good and the other side is telling... Just telling it as it is. This ain't spin. There is no even the other side. You're only getting one side. And then the first thing I thought about, like, man, when these situations happen where somebody gets shot, regardless of what's going to happen, because I I knew it before it happened, because it happened on that Wednesday before I left. By the time I came home on Sunday, there was a whole story about what happened. Let me tell you, every time these, these stories happen, there's always going to be the, this is how everybody did what they were supposed to do. This is how they did their job and how we got to where we supposed to be. This is what happened. And there's never going to be any fault put in there. It's just like listening to your friend talk about their relationship and where it went wrong. They're never going to admit any fucking fault. They're never going to admit any fucking fault. They're always going to say that the person that they broke up with or, or broke up with them was fucked up. And you that's, all, that's the only story you're going to get because you're only affiliated with that person and the other person. You don't really give a fuck about that story. And that's what the community and these people who the people watching the news and the people who don't live in the Fraser and the people who are coming in these comment sections and saying the shit that they're saying about this kid and, and what happened and, and not having any remorse, that's where they're coming from. Because they don't give a fuck about the other side of the argument. And everybody's mad and upset about these people. And then at the same time, I see people like, well, the media came down there and they, we, they got fucked up too. They just shouldn't be down there and stay the ass out of our communities. And then you go away, you know. Da, da. But here's the thing. When a black kid gets lynched and nobody speaks about it, y'all be saying motherfuckers on the top of something. This happened ain't nobody talking about it. Why ain't nobody talking about it? Because you don't want the media coming to your community asking you no questions. And see, my thing about it is this. You know, after just reading about some shit that happened in my hometown, my very small hometown of fucking what, six people over the course of about 30 years, six people who were lynched in two different instances. When it came time to people to do the investigation, folks didn't want to talk. Folks didn't say nothing. Because back to the beginning, that Mississippi thing of don't let outside people influence you. So if people didn't want to talk to anybody that came from the outside, they just kept it to themselves. And granted, they knew what the fuck happened. They ain't talked to nobody. And it being what it is, man. It up being what it is. And and that just be the thing. That's just the thing that just bothers me about it. So this kid gets this kid gets shot. We got the story about what the what the marshals were doing there. We'll never get anything else. You know what I'm saying? And there'll be anything else said about this. Because my thing about it is people are not even getting the chance. And, and this is crazy because I'm about to go to the Central Park 5 thing. People not even get a chance to get railroaded by the government now. Just shoot you, man. Just fuck it. Ain't no case. We don't have to try the case when he, with a, when he dead. What's the point? Because if we find out that he didn't do whatever they said, whatever the fuck they were there to, to arrest him for, we can't bring him back. 
no respawning. Yeah, just the end of the day, man. Motherfuckers don't give a fuck about nobody else. And I try to be that person that, that cares about some people's feelings. But it's kind of hard when some people got that whole... When you look at the whole group of people. White people. And you look at them saying... Well, y'all had years that y'all fucked people over. Why should I give you... Why should I have give you any remorse? Especially since you're not even trying to give anybody none now. Like, you don't even care. Like, you don't even want to just do that. Like, you know what, man? Black people got fucking railroaded for years. For generations. For centuries. How about I just give them the benefit of the doubt in the case where they say, shit's racist. How many times you got to do it, white people? As many times. And I'm not sitting there saying that some shit isn't racist that people call racist. I'm sitting here saying that, man, when you come from a group of people who were held in bondage for centuries, and people fought wars. People went and wrote laws. People ran campaigns. People rose to power to keep that in place. And nobody just said, this shit is fucked up. And they did it for centuries. There's nothing that, you know, I'm just saying, you get entitled to feel like some shit is racist. Like, because people did it for centuries. Nobody better than I. The thing about, about slavery, it wasn't even about the principle of it was wrong that, that people fought to abolish it. Like, the end, the end, the end move of abolishing slavery was just a was a was a war tactic. Had <laughs> nothing to do with the, the the fucking immoral nature of keeping a race of people in bondage and just treating them like shit. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And I and I feel that way about it, slavery across the across the globe. Like I don't feel like that it nobody did it because they didn't know anybody who abolished it did it because they felt like it was immoral. I just think they just did it as a part of a political play. Like, I'm pretty sure if I read any fucking empire, nation, country's history of slavery, that when it was finally abolished, it had nothing to do with treating people like human fucking beings. Nothing to do with that. It was, hey man. I could win people over by saying this and making it. And it's crazy because I feel the same way about homosexuality. Like, there are people right now who are not sitting here saying that they support homosexuality, uh, civil rights, uh, and any kind of equality issue. There are some people who are not doing it because, hey, man, everybody's a human being, man. It's only right to treat people like fucking human beings. Like, no, people are doing this shit as a political play. Like, no, the game be favored with some people. Like, treat people like they're people. Fucking people, dog. It's just like me and you listening to the show. It's just fucking people. This is wake up in the morning, want to live their life. Want to be like, life is fucked up as it is if you didn't have any interaction with fucked up people. Life is fucked up as it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, from shit to just... Your emotional and psychology, your, your biological makeup, and how you fucking feel about shit, to your just your physical nature. To one day you can be feeling good, and next day you can be feeling like shit physically. <laughs> People just want to live. Oh man, that that's enough of that. That is enough of that. Um, but. I went to Tampa last week, man. I enjoyed myself. My one of my friends from college got married. It was funny because you know during the reflection time, a lot of people got up and basically said, "Hey, man, do one shit. Glad you took him in, made him a better man." And his mama took exception to that because a lot of people just like kept saying it over and over again. And uh, 
Ain't gonna say nothing about his bad about his mama, but listen, man. Hey, listen. <laughs> if somebody said about your son, <laughs> he probably would shit. But oh, okay. So this is the thought process I had. Hey, so Twitter has been popping since about oh eight. Facebook kind of like like really became a thing. What twenty ten somewhere around there when everybody could jump on twenty ten twenty eleven. Um. Twitter, Instagram, kind of like fell right around there. So we're about to hit like the 10, we're around 10, 12 year mark. Well, just short 10 year mark. 8 to 10 year mark. This is the thing that I am ready to see. Because one thing that we've noticed from this influx of people on social media just sharing whatever fuck is a lot of people feel like their parents fucked them up in the way they raised them. You know what I'm saying? So, and in doing that, they're trying to change the way they raise their kids. So, you see a lot of people saying, I don't whoop my kids. I don't do this with my kids. And you see a lot of people sharing the way they raise their kids on social media. Which is cool. I understand that. But, you know, me understanding the way I came up, my parents did a lot to help me out and a lot to kind of like develop me in the way we is. I have two other brothers. We all came out differently. Everybody did. And I don't think it had anything to do with my parents and everything to do with the environment. Whatever, you know, whatever. Here's the thing I think that I think is about to be interesting. We are probably about five to seven years away from seeing the social media parent realize that all the shit that they thought they were doing to raise their kids is complete and total bullshit. <laughs> oh my god, it's about to be funny, y'all. It's about to be hilarious. Because like I said, there's like there's some that have been on social media and raising the kids, but that kid like they started raising the kids before they got on social media. So some of the like little things that they taught their kids early on, they kinda realize like, oh, it's bullshit. And they start some new shit, whatever. Like maybe they were beating their kids and they got on social media when their child was like seven, like, oh people not beating their kids, I'm gonna stop beating my kid. Whatever. I'm talking about the ones who kids were born during this influx of social media. So Kids who were born between like 2009 and now. So, like I said, it's only been about nine years. So, still at nine, kids are still kind of impressionable. Like, again, here's an example. What I thought is funny. Like, there are people who like, I just tell my kids that they hurt my feelings and that's how I get them back in order. Like, yeah, that shit works on like a five or six year old you, you hurt my feelings no okay whatever but like that shit doesn't work with a kid is 16 and like fuck your feelings mama <laughs> like these kids are about to get to the point like it man it's about to be so fun it's about to be so fun and because here's the thing our parents did us what the way they did us but it still wasn't it still paled in comparison to some of the shit that did that happened to them like and that's the thing I look at it and I just shake my head when I see you like my parents woke me up like have you not heard have your parents not told heard, told you how your grandparents should treat them like there was I got I have people that are I know adults who are my parents age who in their 50s 60s and 70s who told me you know when I was younger that their parents was like hey that school shit that's cool um that's fine and all but back in the day my hometown like school only went up to 8th grade so after 8th grade you had to drive to another town to get your high school education and there were a lot of, and mind you, once you pass that grade, that's all you had to really do. And you really, well, you really had to do that. But after that grade, it was just like, whatever. And there was a lot of parents, like these old people that are not here anymore, that told their kids way back when and <laughs> before schools were integrated, was like, yeah, that's cool that you went to school and shit and got your stuff together. But uh, yeah, your ass going to go to work. <laughs> So, you know, our parents raised us like, look, I want you to go. Like, my mom and dad really wanted me. They emphasized school, school, school. My mom and dad never did a day at past 12th grade. And I realized my dad failed the grade. I think my mom, like, kids fail grades all the time in my parent generation. All the time. It was nothing. 
Now, in our day and age, like if you failed, like that's a scarlet letter in your life, dog. <laughs> like my mom was like, yeah, you know, my mom and, and her friends were just talking about, yeah, I failed third grade and, and I failed this grade and I failed that grade. I just had a whole rant about kids can't pass in third grade because they can't read. And that's a that's a strike on the state of Mississippi. Back then, they did it all the fucking time. So when they got kids, they were like, look, go to school, get your education. We're not going to do anything to take. Like, our parents weren't taking us out of school to go to fucking work. Like, when I got a job, my mom was like, hey, you can't go to school. and You can't get them grades and work at the same time. You ain't going to be working. But people say our parents fucked us up. Our parents were basically trying not to fuck us up as bad as they were fucked up. Each generation tries to get their kids in a better situation. I think people just missed that whole boat. So we get on social media and then we just share all these things about how we're going to do this with our kids. And somebody was uh, was tweeting last night how they take their son and they missed him and he takes them back. Same. I'm like, shit. My son don't even take back. <laughs> he 12. Like, I already see it coming. And I didn't say anything to my mom. I didn't say anything to my mom. I went out to college. My mom wanted, her, wanted me to call her all the time. If I left the room, like I don't left campus, she wanted me to call her. Now, mind you, this is before I had a cell phone. So it was the only way I call her was from my room with a phone card. Call her from my room. Hey, mom, I'm about to go somewhere. And I had to call her when I get back from a phone card because we pay, could pay long distance. Or call her collect. You know what I'm saying? But I stopped doing it. And even when I got a cell phone, I didn't do it. Like, I don't call my mom like that. Don't talk to my mom like they tell all my moves and this and the other. <laughs> so we got these we got this situation, man, where being a helicopter parent is something like a standard right now. And <laughs> these kids, I'm telling you, they about to hit this goddamn they about to hit this puberty. They've been going to this rebellious teenage years. Like, yo, people terrible twos. Terrible twos ain't shit. Ain't shit. No taller days. It ain't shit. What you going to do when you tell your kid, hey, to stay in my house, you got to do these things. And your kid like, fuck your house. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be funny, man. I'm just waiting. I should be waiting this, but I am waiting, son. I am waiting. And people say, well, grandparents don't do this. Because the grandparents realize this shit. That's why grandparents are more, a lot more lenient than parents are. Because grandparents realize all this shit they did for their kids to make their life better didn't mean shit because these little rebellious motherfuckers got older and started listening to their friends and influence and TV and music and, and whatever else was in the world and just did what the fuck they wanted to do. <laughs> like my parents made me go to church all the time. I just go to Sunday school almost every Sunday. My dad tried his best to go to Sunday school. My, nope, I'll take it back. My dad went to Sunday school almost every Sunday too. He made it a thing so that he could be an example so that we can go to Sunday school so we would never go. Nigga ain't been to church since 2011. <laughs> oh man, this is great. So, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, y'all gotta enjoy this. this that's gonna be fun, man. <laughs> y'all, I'm telling you, if you're on social media like I am, just wait on these little kids. And I'm telling you, there's a bunch of kids, there's a bunch of parents who had kids like early in the game who kind of kid who had like I said they were going in teenage years when, when all the social media shit popping off and they looking at these folks like yeah okay just watch and I'm telling you it's gonna be hilarious it's gonna be fucking hilarious you know I mean hilarious because you know like I said we live in the age and not trying to shit on participate trophies but we live in the age of participate trophies where everybody feel like they PK kid is doing the greatest thing but when your kid tell you, when your kid get old enough to tell you, man, you had me in that fucking whatever class. Fuck that class. <laughs> ah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Hey, y'all. I appreciate y'all for listening, man. Thank y'all for coming, too. But before I leave, I got to I gotta do this. I got to go ahead and I'm going to do this on the main show. But uh, shout out to uh, Chuck Deuce 85 Send us a five-star review on the iTunes. Says Real Reckless and Rude perfectly describes them. And Real Reckless and Rude is the reason why I'm here. I should have left this review a long time ago. Love the show. Thank you, Chuck Deuce 85 We appreciate it. I'm sorry for getting to this late because I want to say when you dropped that in. Yeah, he, no, it may. So it's only a few weeks. It's only a few weeks. Appreciate you there, Chuck Deuce. 
Um, appreciate you for listening. Share this with everybody. Thank y'all for coming through. Like I said, I had a little moment where I get to be a little angry. They get to be happy at the same time. Because like I said, the other day, man, I love everything I do, man. I'm very appreciative. And I still get to do this whenever the fuck I want to. And I don't have to worry about anything. I don't... I ask y'all to donate money, but I'm still going to get because I love doing it. And I'm glad y'all listening. Thank y'all very much. But like I said, if you want to tip us, hit that Patreon. Thank you very much. And we'll give you something in return. We don't just ask for your money for the, for nothing, dog. Come on through. Thank y'all for checking us out. Till next time, I'm out. Peace. This has been a Dr. Abrasive presentation.